Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good of Straight Out the Den. I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out the Den podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Uh, based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. Uh, just for being a listener to this podcast, what we're going to do is give you a uh, free trial. All you got to do is click the link. Um, it, it will be in the show notes, but uh, you can also go to Lander.com. That's L A N D R.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d and now when you go there on that link you're going to get uh two uh free mp3s of your master uh it's a great way to get started um in in your journey with uh, making professional music and making music that sounds great as well so uh, once again go to lander.com it's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d um welcome back um first off um for you guys who may be new to the podcast, um, first off, I'd like to say thank you for listening. Um, I know you guys don't have to listen for me, uh, listen to me for an hour, but um, I do appreciate you listening and um, thank you for taking the time out of your day. Hopefully, I can be an inspiration and give you something that you can find of, of value uh, moving forward with your career. Um, for those that have been following along, you guys may uh, notice that the podcast has took a slight turn um it's still informative and and, you know giving you that information that you need um but just the way I formatted things um I kind of switched it up and like I said last week we had such a huge response last week um just word of mouth social media and the numbers of course went up numbers don't lie so um obviously what what we did last week um was beneficial so I I want to keep that going um and just a, a quick brief overview of last week, uh, we, we talked about how to survive um, without signing a 360 deal. Uh, great conversation. Um, I think you guys can truly learn from that. And um, we had a special guest on that podcast, Tony Millions, who gave us some good insight uh, from his perspective as well. Um, but but I think it's a great episode and a good starting point um, if you want to, you know, if you're just coming on with the podcast. So go and check that out. Um, it's the last podcast. If you subscribe on iTunes, you can see it. But today um, I, I wanted to kind of keep that dialogue going and, and come from a different subject. Um, and today's subject is... Um, Eliminating the option of no. Um, and, and I'm going to get into what that means. And, and, and it's a couple of different layers that I want to really talk about with eliminating the option of no. Um, first and foremost, um, just to give you my, my I guess, synopsis, uh, brief synopsis, um, if you will, of why I say you should eliminate the option of zero or uh, option of no in this case. Um, that's basically giving people um, a choice to choose uh, whether or not they want this A, B, or C, uh, with the end result meaning that they are giving you something in returns for goods or services or whatever the case may be. Um, In this term, we're talking about music. That's um, the subject at hand. So, you know, as always, I I do my uh, conversations over over social media. And, you know, I I put a few tips out there on my SODD advice, and and hopefully that's helpful. But I always like to continue that dialogue here on the podcast. So one of the things that I brought up was, um, you know, finding creative ways to, to sell your merch, um, and, and, and also your music. And, you know, one of those things is eliminating the option of no, like I know we're in a big, huge, um, 
you know, this this new wave of giving away your music. And and before I go any further in the podcast, I just want artists to know that you don't have to give your music away for free. Now, I know what you may be thinking. You're, you're, you know, people don't buy music. If they want your music, they'll download it. Yes, I get that. I understand that. People do it all the time. I even find myself doing it, too. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But the, the thing is that I want you to remember is that giving your music away for free and not getting anything in return is one of the biggest mistakes that you can make as an artist. Uh, Number one, it it shows how much you value your own music. If you don't set the expectations um, for for your audience to even purchase anything, then how can you expect for them to buy something in the future when you quote unquote has, you know, blew up as an artist. So set the expectation early, you know, um, Always sell your music and always buy your music um, um, and sell your merch. You know, expect people to buy it from you. Now, I know what some of you guys may be thinking. It's like, well, you know, how much should I sell my music for? What if somebody don't want to sell, you know, buy my music? Well, there's all different types of currency. You know, um, you don't have to necessarily ask for a dollar amount. Um, there there can be something as simple as, um, you know, uh, a trade in, in a sense. You want this music, you give me, you know, an email address. I had a great example of that. Um, for you guys that do know me personally, I do a show over at Pag Lounge in Atlanta. Um, every other Saturday. It's always indie artists that come through. I just try to show the indie artists um some love and let them get on stage and, you know, perform a couple of records. And um, you know, just give the audience a chance. So shout out to Bob Lennon, man. He's actually from Macon, Georgia, a town where um, I, I grew up in. Uh, brought him up here to the city. And, um, you know, let him perform it. And at the end of the show, he, you know, it was like, man, look, I got my music, man. I'm only selling it for, I believe he was selling it for like two or three dollars or something like that. And at the time, I just didn't have any cash on me. And he was like, look, man, well, how about you give me your email address? And I, I stopped the conversation right there and just applauded him for that because that's something that I, I, I live by. This stuff that I'm giving, this information that I'm giving you guys is stuff that, you know, I've, I've either experienced myself or I've seen other people go through it. And, and you know, I just, I learned from them. And, you know, it's one of those things that I truly live by, like no artist should give their music away for free. There should be some type of exchange, you know, it's some type of barter, something should be going on um, if you give somebody your music. So, you know, I say all that to say, um, Bob, he was like, man, look, let me get your email address. So I gave him my email address and, you know, he gave me a CD and I checked it out. You know, I mean, I booked him to come on the show. So, you know, I obviously love his music, but I wanted to support also. And, you know, for him just doing that, it showed me that he he kind of he's ahead of the curve. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, because music is so digital now and you can upload music to your SoundCloud or Bandcamp or whatever you're uploading it to and instantly reach the world that you have to, you know, that's your only means of, of making it happen until somebody loves your record and it gets on the radio and then, you know, so on and so forth. But if you set that expectation now, that's one thing you may hear me say more than once um, during this conversation that you've got to set the expectations for your for your audience. If you constantly give them stuff for free, when you finally ask them for money, they're going to look at you like, why? I'm, I'm so used to all this free content. Why would I want to pay you now? So, you know, just set the expectation, you know, even if it's you're trying to sell something for a dollar, if you're trying to sell it for 10, you know, always sell your music. And, you know, like I said, you can do you can do email address exchange where, um, you know, if they if if you want some free merch or if you want a free CD, you got to give me your email address. Um you know, tweet this out for me. You, it has to be something. And, and that's just to get you in the mindset of, of 
taking away that your music is never free. You put so much hard work in your music. You're going, you're paying for studio sessions. If you're not paying for studio sessions, you bought the equipment to record on. Um, you know, you had to buy beats. If you didn't buy the beats, you have relationships with producers. You know, you had to do so much and get this music mixed and, and mastered, um, which is, that's a whole nother topic. I definitely want to make sure that we have that whole conversation about mastering music um, later on. Um, we'll, we'll do a whole episode about that. But um, you, you go through this whole process and then you literally give your music away. And it's like, you know, there's that's not a win, win, win. You know, that's not a win for you. That's not a win for your fans. And that's not a win for your future audience. You know, you got to think about all of those things and, and you know, your brand. If you want to be known as that artist that's always giving away music. And don't get me wrong, there's things that can work. You know, you have artists like Currency is who is publicly known for giving away his music. But then he comes along and do packages where he gives you an album for free. But you have to, you know, if you want it, here's a $100 for um, to get a, a thumbnail drive you know a limited edition thumb drive or a limited edition show all of those things is it's a thought out process to where he's not giving this music for free he's actually setting you up to buy something in the future so that's something that you know i want you guys to really take take heed and, and really drill that home like never give your music away for free um you know I talked about emails um, quite a few times um, on, on social media um, when, I, when I was doing my, my uh, straight out the den advice. So I, I'm going to go over a few of those. Like I said before, you know, eliminating the option of no. That's that's really what this whole podcast is about. And, and we do have a special guest um, that's coming on a little bit later. A very dope conversation with um, Rose Spit. Um, he's, he's a talented artist and he had a lot to say on, on this topic and just as you know, being an artist in general is, you know, breaking down that conversation between do you want to be famous or do you want to make money in this in this um, industry? So very, very dope conversation that's coming up um, shortly. Um, but but I did want to get through some of these things here. So, you know, eliminating that option of zero is the main thing I want you to drill home. But, you know, in addition to that, that not giving your music away for free and noting that there, there should always be some type of transaction, whether that's money, email, uh, um, um service barter you know if i give you this free then you know i need a verse or anything of that nature there's so many different things that you can do be creative with it you know there is it's limitless on things you can do to uh before you give away your your music um one thing i wanted to do is just like with this thing about email addresses because a lot of people that that are on the wave of not giving away their music for free but making sure that they're getting an email address or something like that in return there are ways to use that email address to your advantage and then there's also ways to abuse that email address so i want to make sure that i um kind of guide you on how to separate the two um with email addresses i want you to think of an email address like a phone number um, and, and I say that to say, like, if you're meeting somebody for the first time, and you get their phone number. You don't want to call too much, you know, um, and, and if and calling too much, it you know, it can throw people off. You know what I mean? And so it's the same thing with emailing too much. If I just got your email address and, and I'm giving you four emails before you can even get home, then it's a good chance that I'm probably going to opt out, you know, of your email list or I'm going to, you know, delete and not read or, or start disregarding, you know, because you're emailing me way too much. It's like establish that relationship and then start, you know, slowly give me an email. So, you know, when you when you email somebody, you know, 
number one, making sure you don't email them too much. But once you build that rapport and you start sending them emails, make sure you have something relevant to say. You know, this is something that I learned personally. You know, I, I've been doing this podcast for quite some time now. And, and you know, my thing, I've always championed the underground, you know. But the problem with championing the underground is that a lot of people don't know these artists. So I used to have these these dope conversations, great conversations with, with people that come in the den and we'll, we'll sit down and we'll talk, you know, for an hour or so. And when I blast these emails out, you know, the response rate was very little. And, you know, I had a qualified list, so it it wasn't that. But it was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sending people these emails and they don't really truly care about these artists. You know, it's not like I was, you know, I was um, interviewing like a two chains or interviewing, you know, T.I. or a major artist like that. I was interviewing people who what this platform is built for underground artists that are on their way up. So I'm trying to give them the platform. But. You know, if you're regular Joe Blow and you don't know this artist, like what's giving me the idea of why would I want to sit down and listen to this podcast? So that's something that I struggled with. And one thing that I had to learn was that, hey, your email wasn't relevant to to the person that was trying to open it or the person that you were emailing. And relevant emails have there's there's different ways to make an email relevant. Number one is the um, in my opinion, it's the subject line. Um, I, my, my subject lines just weren't interesting. I was just saying like, Hey, uh, such and such on the straight out the damn podcast. That's cool. If you, you know, if you're a fan of the podcast, that's great. But if you're not somebody that follows every single thing that, that we do here, then it's like, what's giving you the, why, why should I open up this email? You know? So, you know, that's when I tried to start and, and I still struggle with it from time to time, but you know, I'm learning as I go on that you got to make sure that these email subject lines are creative and, you know, there is a thin line um, because I, I try to make sure that the straight out the damn brand stands out and don't become like a gossip, you know, um, brand. So I, I didn't want to I could easily put out an email saying like, hey, you don't want to do this or, you know, um, such and such you know, find at the mall, check this out. You know, I could, there's so much fluff that I can put in an email address. But the thing, what I learned is the more fluff that you put in the email subject line, um, you eventually will lose that audience because they stop trusting you. So I had to learn how to be creative, but at the same time, be relevant um, to the conversation and to the audience. So that's the one thing, you know, with your email address, after you realize that you can't email people like endlessly all day every day you know you can't do that and, and once you get that rhythm down you know figuring out the time of day to send these emails um, I've learned that you want to get people email as soon as possible early in the morning um, because one of the first things that people do is they open up their email and they check they look at their phone if you're like me one of the first things I do is I open up my phone and, and I might read you know some word for the day and after that I'm immediately checking my you know social media stuff you know uh, and I do all this without even getting out of the bed sometimes. It's it's kind of sickening when I think about it, but that's what I do. So I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm seeing the emails that I got overnight. I'm seeing, like, you know, who may have followed me or who may have, you know, sent a picture or who, who may have, you know, liked a picture or whatever. All You know how it is on social media. So I'm seeing all these things as soon as I wake up in the morning. So I've learned that if you can send your emails as early as possible, where it's not bugging people, but, you know, either they're asleep or they're in the middle of checking things, you get a better response rate as opposed to sending somebody an email four o'clock in the afternoon where they're really worried about only thing they're worried about is getting off of work. They're not trying to look at any emails. They're, they're, they're trying to figure out how I'm going to fight this rush hour traffic, how I'm going to get home. Um, 
you know, you can send emails late at night, maybe like, um, you know, nine or 10 o'clock. That's not a bad time. It's just depending on your audience. If you have somebody that, that stays at home, if that's your audience and, and nine o'clock is their wind down time where they don't have absolutely nothing to do, they're probably sitting down, um, you know, drinking a glass of wine and eating, eating dinner or watching television. Um, you know, you make a send an email and get a little bit of a response rate there. What I've found just in, in, in the people that I email, I get the best response rate um, by emailing in the early morning to mid afternoon. That's just what works for me. You have to figure out what works for you. And the best way to do that is by testing. Now, um, if you unfamiliar with how to test emails, then the one thing I would tell you need to do is like get a um, email service provider. They're called ESPs. There's plenty out there. Um, myself, personally, I use MailChimp. Uh, I've been using them for a couple of years now and it, they work for me. Um, but there's others out there um, that you can look at. And really all you got to do is just go to Google and type in email service providers. All of them will come up. But what a company like like MailChimp, what they do is um, you're able to create templates of your emails. Um, you can do split testing like A-B testing where you test the subject line, you test the uh, the from lines, you can test what type of emails you use, all of these things. And, and for the most part, it's free up to a certain amount of uh, subscribers. Once you get to a certain amount of subscribers, you actually got to pay for one of the premium services. But it's, it's definitely free to try. And I recommend everybody at least trying, you know, um, one of one of the ESPs, um, email service providers. But the, the main reason why I say doing that is because you can really break down your list and see man, who's opening up my emails? Like where in the world are they opening up my emails? Are more people on the West Coast opening up my emails or more people on the East Coast? You kind of figure out who your audience is. So it's, if they're opening up emails on the West Coast and nobody on the East Coast is opening up your emails, then it might be a good chance that your fans are on the West Coast. So you might want to try to get out there and talk to them. You know, it's, it's small things like that that you can see that you want to be able to, to um identify and the only way that you can identify those things about sometimes you got to pay for those services that you can actually see throwing out an email just sending the email out of google or um excuse me gmail or yahoo you're not going to get your analytics you you need to know who's opening up your emails if not you're just you're blind and it's it's not helpful like i, I run into people and it was like man i'm getting your emails and you know it, it's great for that feeling but what most of those people don't know is that i can literally look in here and find out what email you open. I can find out um, if you did and truly did open up my email or did you just, you know, open it and, and not click or, you know, I can find out all, all of it. I can see who opened up my email. I can see who clicked it. I can see where they clicked in the email. I can see how long they spent on the page. You know, all of that stuff is important, you know, and, and you, you, you have to be engaged with your audience and figure out that information. A lot of times people are, are working hard and they're not getting the right information with doing that process of working hard. So, you know, that's just something to look at with your emails. The email list is, is so important and it's, it's so easy to do that. So eliminating that option of zero. Like I said, you guys are going to hear me say that a couple more times uh, throughout this podcast. You want to eliminate that part. And the best way to do that is by never giving up anything. Like, you know, you might have T-shirts. Go and get T-shirts pressed and, and printed. That's great. If somebody wants to get a T-shirt, you don't have to give it away. You're like, look, here's my T-shirt. Either give me an email address, buy a ticket to my next show, or if you, or, or better yet, if you come to my show, I'll give you this T-shirt. That's one of the simplest things that you can do. It's very, very simple process. You know that people, if they come to your show, they're paying to get into your show. So it's kind of like, hey, if you pay to get in my show, I'll give you a free T-shirt. 
you're eliminating that option of zero. You're not giving them anything and, and, and they feel like they, they're paying for something. Nobody, another thing, and this just popped in my head, but I I do want to make sure that you guys get an understanding of this. Like nobody wants to be sold to when, when you're in a store, when you just look at yourself for an example, like for me, I I love to buy vinyl. So vinyl might not be the best thing, but I know there's a lot of sneakerheads that listen to this this um podcast. So if you go to the store and you see the sneakers that you want, you know, like I'm I'm a Chucks guy. I love Chucks. I like comfortable shoes. So if if I've got my mind set up on I want to you know just a solid black pair of uh, low you know low Chucks, if I go in there and and there's a salesman in in the finish line or whatever store I go to. Like, hey man, we got three different types of black. We got the canvas, we got leather, and we got you know a pant leather black, whichever one you want. Well, my mind I already know that. Hey, I want black. You know, I, my mind is made up. But what that guy just did was gave me three options. And when you give people options, the one thing that you do with options is you eliminate the option of no. More, most likely, somebody's not going to say no to all three things. If, if you know, if you get three no's, it's one thing that they teach you in selling. Don't give up until you get that third hard no. And a hard no is like, no, I don't want it. You know, you know, no, I don't. You know, give me excuses for why you don't want it, all of that. I want to get three hard no's. And once you learn how to sell your music and sell your merch, it, all of that stuff kind of plays, you know, plays in and can help you really sell things a little bit better. So, you know, if you eliminate that option of zero, saying like, hey, man, I got CDs here. I got T-shirts here. I got buttons here. I got stickers here. Which one do you want? And pause and just wait, because what you're doing now is giving them the option to get whatever they want. They're making a decision. You're not making a decision for them. If you come with somebody and say like, hey, man, I got CDs for sale, $5. And if they say like, oh, no, I'm cool. I don't really want, I don't listen to CDs. What's your next move? But if you come with somebody and say like, hey, man, I got my CDs here. I got my music on a thumb drive. And I actually got a uh, a cart with a QR reader where you can go here and get a, get a download of my music. Then you just gave them three options. Either way, the end result is they got your music. That's all you care about is somebody getting the music and them paying for your music. But if you're giving them options on how to get things, then it keeps people away from walking away without anything. If they don't want the CD, cool, get a thumb drive. Oh, man, I don't I don't man. My computer don't have a thumb drive and I don't know who computer don't. But there are some people that may be out there that don't use thumb drives. Like, oh, it's cool, man. It's all right. Well, take take the QR, um, the card with the QR code on there. When you get to it, just scan it on your phone. It'll take you right to the page. You can download the music. And and what you just done was basically made that person say, like, oh, man, I guess I need to support. You, you know, you've given them every reason in the world to support and not walk away without something. You At the end of the day, any conversation, if you're an underground artist and you're on, you know, on the come up and you're trying to get your music out there and exposed to all the people that you possibly can, then your goal is to never leave a room or never leave a performance, never leave any environment without somebody there knowing your music. If you got a room of 20, then you need to have at least, and these are just true numbers, at least two to three people there leave with something that belongs to you. So you can, in hopes they can go out and tell somebody about your music. Yeah, the chances of you going into a room of 20 and 20 people having your music in their hand once you leave, then that means you're you're on your way to being a superstar and you probably don't even need to be listening to this podcast because you, you're doing something extremely well you know to have a hundred percent conversion rate like that so you know those are just things to kind of keep in keeping your head man is to to really to to just 
drill in that no shouldn't be an answer. So this other thing that I, I, I kind of wanted to get into um, and it's, it's really going to segue into a conversation that we're going to have later, but it's also going to go into the conversation um, with, with Rose Spit. Um, it was it was just talking about how to, you know, your live show. Um, a live show is so important. And you probably if you if you've been a listener to this podcast um, for some time now, you know, I, I say that all the time, like a live show is so important. What's more important than a live show is an effective live show. Any artist that I've come in contact with, any artist that I've produced, any artist that I've consulted with and had a conversation with, I, I tell them, you know, be mindful of your live show. Make sure that your live show is not overwhelming. Make sure that your live show is, is good enough to is short, sweet, simple, straight to the point that after people see your live show, they want to come back. And, and here's the thing about that live show that I'm talking about. Like you want to be mindful of two things. Now, if you're putting on your own show, that's fine. That there's there's that's actually a great point to be there at the point where you're putting on your own show. Um, when you're putting on your own show and people are coming to see just you, then you can perform for 30 and 40 minutes because they're coming to see you. That's great. That's the point where every artist, you know, hope and dream to be. However, if you're a new artist that are, that's performing on showcases and open mics, keep your show to two to three songs, man. That's it. Two to three songs. That's all you need. You need one song that you really want the people to know and, and, and learn and, and gravitate towards. And then the other two songs are just, you know, not even filler songs, but songs that you love to perform and songs that are connect with people. But two to three songs. And that's max. And the reason why I say that is because people attention spans are very limited. They're, they're very short attention spans. And especially in music, people can absolutely love a record. But if they don't know you, it's something inside of them that say, like, I'm not going to love this record until I hear it on the radio. No matter how it is, it's, it's weird. I can't explain it. I don't. Maybe it's something inside the radio frequencies that they put in our head. I don't get it. But people can listen to music and absolutely love it. But if it's the third or fourth song, you're going to lose people. So, you know, you just got to be mindful of that. Get on stage. Get up there quick. Give, give yourself like 10 minutes and, and be gone. Eight to 10 minute performance is all you need. That's it. If you can't win somebody over in eight to 10 minutes, then you probably need to go back to the drawing board and work on your performance. And, um, you know, that's just it's it's it may sound simple and it may sound a bit juvenile. But, you know, everybody thinks that they can put on a 30 minute show. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of people just not trying to hear you for 30 minutes, bro. They're, they're just not. You know, you, you got to you got to earn that. And, and the only way to earn that is by, you know, starting off with a limited show to what to the point where when you leave. You can't leave that stage because people are constantly asking you questions like, yo, man, let me get another song. Where can I get your music? At that point, you completed eliminated that option of no because everybody wants to come to you. That short and sweet and simple to the point show has drew the attention to where, man, this man came up here or, or female. I don't want to exclude women. I'm sorry about that. But that MC has come to the stage, did what they had to do. They're so dope. They got right off stage, connected with the people. Now that person either wants another, want to hear another song from you or they want to find out where they can hear more music from you. Or you might have them engaged to the point where they're, they're willing to buy merch just because your show was that dope. That's very rare that that happens, you know, and, and it does happen. I don't want to sound negative. It, it happens all the time. But 
you got to really be doing a great job to connect with the with the audience member that doesn't know you to want to go and buy your merch at a, at an early stage. You know, once you get a little further on in your career, merch it becomes very easy to sell. It's just because people want to feel attached to you. So that's a subject that I'm um, I'm going to go into that a little bit deeper. But I did kind of want to preview that because I, I think there's a lot of information um, in, in the show. So. You can tune into that next week. I'm definitely going to go a little more in depth in, in um, the importance of your live show, um, at least for right now. I think that's going to be the subject. I may change my mind, but I think, you know, going a little bit more into the live show is something that everybody needs. Um, like I told you before, uh, I do have a, a, a interview here. Um, we, we definitely don't want to lose that part, um, I think, because the interview is is. It's a great part of the podcast. I think you guys really enjoy the interviews and you like hearing from people. So, you know, this is what this platform is for. I want to make sure I spend half of the time giving you, you know, good information. At least I hope it's good information for you to learn from and kind of take that information and shape it and mold it into who you are as an artist. And hopefully that can help you become who you want to be as an artist. And then, you know, for the next half, I want to give you guys a, you know, a solid interview where you can um, hear the perspective of, of a another artist. So you're not just hearing from me. Um, so, you know, that interview with Rose Spit, he, he, he's a very dope artist and, um, he had a lot to say and, and a lot of helpful information. So, so helpful that it was a lot of stuff that I purposely left out at the previous part of our conversation. So you guys can get, hear it from him. I didn't want it, you know, to give you double information like that. So look, definitely check it out. Um, be on the lookout. And, and also, um, you know, if you guys have questions, like I want your feedback. If you if you got a topic that you want me to discuss, you know, shoot me an email. Um, podcast at straight out the den. Um, that's S T R the number eight O U T D A D E N. Um, you can shoot me an email there. Ask as many questions as you can, or you can hit me on Twitter, all social media, and ask me a question. And um, you know, if we. I'm, I'm more than happy to discuss that here on the podcast and I'll only discuss what I know. If I don't know it, I'll, I'll be a man and be honest with you and tell you, Hey, I don't know. I'm making point you in the direction of somebody that who, who knows a little bit more about the subject than me. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I just want this podcast to be helpful and, and actually give you guys something that you can hold on to. Um, you know, once again, this podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Um, and, and, just to, to break down Lander for those who don't know, they they are um, based in Montreal, Canada, and, and they're the world's first drag and drop instant mastering service um, by Mix Genius. Now, for people that don't know what that is, it's it's a simple process of uploading your mix record um, to their site, and from there you get to preview different levels of your master. There's a low, medium, or high intensity, depending on which level that you choose. Um, you get a chance to listen to that. And from that point, you can download it. It's very simple. You download a mastered version, a professionally mastered version of your um, of your mix. And from there, it is it'll take your your music to a different level. It's it's really a, a dope process. I use it. Um, I, I've mastered many things um, with it, and and I can vouch for it personally. It's something that I personally use. So it's not just me giving you guys fluff um, for a sponsorship. Like this is really. Um, you know, something that I use and I hold dear to me. Um, I think you guys can, you know, get a kick out of using it. And, and just for being a listen to this podcast, we're going to give you a free trial. So all you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. And I'm going to have that in the show notes. So just in case you didn't catch what I said, um, 
you can go there and click the link and it'll take you to the same thing. And it's going to give you that free trial and you can try it out. And if you like it, you know, tell me about it. Tweet me at straight out the den. Um, I'm, I'm always on Twitter. I'm always on Instagram. I'm on all of those social media networks. So, you know, let me know what you feel about it. Tell me if it worked for you, if you like it and if you love it, just let me know, you know, and, um, you know, without further ado, I do want to get into this, um, the interview with Rose spit. Um, and you know, be sure to tune in next week, man. Let me know what you think. Jay good. Straight out the den. Very special edition of the Straight Out the Damn podcast today. Um, this guy here, I've I recently caught on to his music. Um, had the chance to listen to a couple of joints that that Ben sent over to me, and of course, Ben always seemed to find a dope artist. You know what I mean? He always know where yeah. to find him. So, um, help me welcome the homie Rose Spit, man. What's going on, bro? How you doing? What, what up, though, man? I'm doing good. I'm blessed, man. Cool and cool, man. But look, man, first off, I appreciate you calling in, man. Um, it's been a pleasure uh, just to hear the music. And now it's great that I can actually talk to the person, you know, behind the music and kind of get to know you a little bit better, man. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. So, you know, with that being said, bro, kind of take us, you know, to the beginning, you know, um, the beginning of your story. Like, you know, who is Rose Spit? Yeah, yeah. So, um, man, I'm I'm a I'm a kid from from the from the outskirts of Detroit, Michigan. I'm actually from uh, I'm from Pontiac, Michigan. Okay. And it's uh to to kind of put that in perspective, it's where the, it's where the, the Lions used to play, like when Barry Sanders was playing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh it's a small. It's like it's like a the midpoint between Flint and Detroit. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, um, but you know we like I you know I get I get kind of kind of typecast or group cast with with all the Detroit artists, you know, Detroit hip hop artists like the you know the Black Milks, the Danny Brown, the you know whoever, you know all the all the all the greats or whatever. So, um, but I, I started off as a DJ, man. Like I started off as a DJ with uh with a group uh called Binary Star, mm. and uh Bi- Binary Star, that's my cousin, uh, one below, and, and my man Sanam Silla. And I was I was a young cat, man. I was just DJing, and um I always wanted to I always wanted to MC. And uh, I got to the point where I was like secretly rapping, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> secretly freestyling. Yeah. And and because because my thing was at the time like those were the dopest cats in the world to me, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to I didn't want to half step it around them. So I would like you know get with my homeboys and we we're freestyling. And my cousin actually caught like walked in and caught me one day freestyling. Mm. Was like, yo, what are you doing? Like I didn't <laughs> even know you did that. And then from that point on, that that's all I needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all I needed for, for him. To say like, yo, you, you don't keep going, and at that point it was like DJ what? Like I don't even, I, you know, I still actually do it. I still actually DJ, but you know, the focus is on MCing and uh, just kind of being that um, you know, that that rounded that rounded artist. Yeah, man. You know, just just hearing that 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 it it kind of helps me understand a whole lot more now. You know, the whole time you were telling me that, I'm thinking like, man, DJing. Okay, I get it now. You know what I mean? Like how you choose the records that you choose, you know what I mean? All of that kind of plays in, in the same sure. thing of, you know, and, and I can hear it now that you said it, you know what I mean? Just the, Word up. the, the, the way that you attack the records, you know what I mean? You can hear that as you attack a record, almost like a DJ, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that there are certain parts of a record that people are going to feel no matter what, you know what I mean? And that's for a, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great advantage, man, of being a DJ and an MC. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times you don't, you don't get that a lot. You know what I mean? You usually get DJ and a producer. Like, so go to right. DJ and to MC. That's, that's so dope, man. That's so dope. So the record that I heard from you, bro, was, uh, the miracle, um, the free bars, uh, record. Oh yeah. 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 Um, over the just blaze instrumental, I believe it was. And, yeah. 
as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see what it is. You know what I mean? And, and it's that, it's that, that, it's that feel of making sure that you got something to say, but also in, entertaining the people. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's yeah. very important. You know, the DJ thing, man, and I don't want to leave this too quick because it, I think it's such, such a dope part of your story. What made you want to start DJing in the first place? Uh, to be completely honest, it was my fear of, uh, of, 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 uh, you know, being in front of standing up in front of people, mm. like basically stage fright. Gotcha. And my thing was, I, but I wanted to be in the game. I wanted to be in, in, in hip hop. I wanted to be up there performing. So my thing was, if I, you know, at that, at that time, you know, when I was DJing like the late nineties, early two thousands, it, uh, you know, DJs were kind of like in the background, you know what I mean? Like if anything, you know, we were, you know, you would cut and scratch and do all that. But, it, you know, at that time it wasn't, you know, DJs weren't really on the mic like that, mm. screaming and everything. So what I did was, you know, I kind of, that's how I got comfortable with standing on stage. And I was like, you know, I could, I would basically be talking, I'm talking with my hands and uh, like, you know, kind of letting the people know what's up. And then once I got comfortable doing that, I got comfortable, you know, being behind the turntables and, and, you know, getting on the mic. And then after that, at that point, you know, it was kind of like, you know, walk from, like, it got, what we would do is I had a, on, on the first, uh, we had a, a, a crew called Subterraneous, and that was right after the Binary Star thing. And uh, I was I was the DJ of that crew, too. And I started, that's when I started kind of rapping, though. And then they, you know, my, 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 my guys in my group kind of found out. So on that first record, I was on, I mean, that first album, I was on, like, two records. So what we what we would do, I had I had like the um on the on the craziest record, the song that we did at you know the last song of every show, I had the last verse. Hmm. And what I would do is I would be DJing the whole night, you know, like even before the group came up, I would be DJing. Yeah. Group come on, we perform, we do like a you know forty five minutes to an hour, and then at the end, I come from behind, I grab the mic, come from behind <laughs> the turntables, and go, and the crowd went insane like every time, and then I would like stage dive and crowd surf. Oh it was man, same man, and it was like that. That thing was like, man, this group that already has this crazy energy, you know. It would, you know, you, you add one thing to the mix, and it's like it, it just goes up a whole nother notch. And you know, that kind of that's that's just what we did with the sub. And uh, and like I said, at that point, man, it's like a drug. Once you get that feeling, and that's what it's like. I said, that's what you always wanted, and you're getting it. It's like, yo, I'm 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 kind of chasing that high. Yeah, and I, you know, still to this day, man, like that that's. That's the uh, the energy I bring on my shows. You know what I mean? I'm I'm in the crowd, stage diving. I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm getting energy from the people and giving it right back. Man, that's you know you had the perfect setup, bro. Like <laughs> the, you know what I'm saying? The DJ like the whole set, and then it's kind of like that's like the the shock of the show. You know, nobody's expecting the DJ yeah. to to get off the mic. I mean, you know, come from behind the tables and, and get on the mic, and then let alone stage dive. Like that energy there right. is just crazy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah. That's dope, man. That's dope. Do you you spoke a lot about live shows just then, man? And I think like live shows, anybody that listened to this podcast know that that's like I'm an advocate for letting artists know, like, man, live shows is one of the most important thing that you can do as an artist. You know, there are so sure. many artists out here that that want to rap and, and and are talented. 
but they mm-hmm. forget about that live show element, you know, that live performance and, and going out and actually touching the people and getting in front of people and connecting with the people. Um, right. You seem to have that part down, man. Was that like a challenge transitioning uh, from being a DJ to an artist, like with that live show, or was that something that you kind of learned how to be, you know, to no, entertain? I, actually, it was, it was um, you know, at one point, that's all, that's all I was, was a performer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because, like, at that point, you know, people weren't expecting me to be anything other than a DJ. Mm. So, you know, um, it was just, it's just one of those things where like, um, and, and, and to go back, you know, you know, we, we were, you know, quote unquote underground, underground, like, you know, so we would go places where nobody knew who we were. Mm. So the thing is you have to, you, you know, you know, short, short of shucking and jiving, you know what I mean? You, you have to do something to get these people attention and make them want to hear you hear your music or buy your CD or do whatever, or you just, you know, you, you just, you're a step behind. So that was the thing, man. We, we just always wanted to bring that energy. And, um, and I was kind of like thrown into the fire from, from, from jump, you know? Yeah, man. That's, that's that man. Dude, I just got a whole new respect for you, man. Like, like real talk, that's bro. Right. Like, <laughs> just, I, I, I I'm just trying it. to keep it as real as possible. It's just like, just knowing that because, you know, I, I, I talk with a lot of, um, I talk with a lot of underground artists, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and my my whole goal, my my vision and, and, you know, for even starting this thing and having this platform is to like, you know, for one, give artists a platform so they can speak freely about where they are. You know, uh, that's that's number one and for, first and foremost. But on top right. of that, you know, my main goal was to really help, you know, help the artists to you know to get better and and so when you can talk with artists that that have a sense of some of that stuff that they already know what they need to do you know um it's it's great and refreshing you know what i mean um the music man like like the stuff that you have going on right now is it something that like what's your ultimate goal i'll say you know with your music right now uh you know, man, to be completely honest, man, I've, I've been doing this for, for some time now. You know what I mean? To, you know, I just want to be an, indep- an independent artist mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just get my music to, the, to the, the largest amount of people that I can possibly do. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not trying to... My, my dreams and my days of, of wanting to be on, you know, on MTV and on the radio every five minutes and that, you know, those days are out the window because I know I know how that game goes and I don't even want to play that game. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just a thing where, like, man, I just want to be independent. I want to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I want to be able to make music and, and drop when I want to drop and I have to worry about this, that, and the third, man. And, you know, and um, I'm just trying to I'm trying to get to the point where, you know, I, I'm, I'm a draw. Uh, I'm a headline. I'm touring. I'm, I'm getting out of, you know, getting uh, just just kind of just kind of pushing my music as far as I can. I went this past uh this past fall I went to um to Europe on a European tour with Slum Village. Oh man. That's and that dope. was you know, that was like super dope and, and as far as like just expanding my brand. And um that's all that's all I really want to do, man. Just expand my brand. I'm not looking for anything um exponential. You know, if it happens, it happens, but you know, I'm just you know, I'm just trying to push my music, man, and get it to the people that want to hear it. You know, man, like this is something, and and it's crazy, dude. Like that, I'm having this conversation because I'm actually in a transitional period with the podcast. So I'm I'm at that point now where I just want to make sure that I'm giving people information. 
You know, I have yeah. these interviews. I talk, I talk with all artists all the time, but you know, I'm thinking like, I want to give people information first and then I'll, you know, kind of go into my interview. And, you know, you, you said a lot of stuff that, you know, that I've, I've recently started talking about a whole lot, you know, um, via like social media channels and stuff like that. And yeah. that part about, you know, just one, you know, almost like the beauty of being an independent artist, you know what I mean? And, and just making your own decisions and showing that you can still prosper in those, though, you know, in where you're at. And, you know, right. one thing that you said that really touched me was like the, the aspirations of not wanting to be on BT and, and all of that. Like, you know, the, you know, the game that you're in now, you know what I mean? So, yeah, those things, I, I do want to kind of touch on those for a second, man. Like the the game, it, as a sense, like you know, not wanting to be on BET and, and knowing that that's really not a v, a true vehicle anymore. You know, I think it comes down to you know who wants to be popular and who wants to you know make money. <laughs> you know, right, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and you yeah, know, you know, you know, to be completely honest, man, most of those guys that are in that in that position, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, have those outlets, and you know, most of those guys that tried it and, and had, you know, had some type of success with it, you know, they, they want, they wish that they could go independent, but they're, they're kind of locked in contracts and locked in, you know, and they're locked into other things. Mm. So, you know, that's, um, you know, I went, I went on to a Lupe, uh, at the end of, end of 2013, early 2014. Mm-hmm. And that, that's one thing of, you know, about Lupe is, you know, if you, if you really look at his career and what's going on, like he, he, he started off at, you know, on, on, on a hip hop independent wave. Uh, he, you know, he was able to, to, to you know, uh, achieve certain successes, and then, you know, we signed his deal, and then after, you know, after the first album, and you start seeing his, uh, his, his, uh, I guess, re- rebellious, re- rebelliousness, I guess, yeah, yeah, of wanting to get away from the label because the label is trying to make you do things that you really don't want to do, you know, and at that point, it's like, man, I'm, you know, I'm Lupe, I'm, I'm, I, I can. I can get there, and now even more, you can get directly to your fans, and you can get directly to your people. And you know, you you know, the label. If, if you have this, the, the infrastructure, you don't really need the label like as much as you used to, you know, anymore. You can look at look at Mac Miller, you know. Yeah, you know, man, I, I want to kind of stay right here, man. Um, I, I think you really set the tone for for where this interview needs to go. It's like, why do you feel artists want a deal nowadays? You know, with the technology that we have available, like why why do artists want to deal? Uh, to be completely honest, I think uh, it, it it might be the um, the the the, the uh, that 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 waiting to exhale moment mm. where you you know you don't you don't have all this on your shoulders. You know, when, when you're doing an independent, you know you're you don't have a person that you know, is booking your flights and, and making sure you get to the venue on time and making sure the hotel is this. And, you know, you're the person doing all that. You're the person that's getting to the venue at the right time to make sure sound check and to make sure all, everything's going good. You don't have a person kind of doing that for you. And then just the whole in- infrastructure of business, you know, it's tough. And a lot of people, a lot of people aren't really, uh, you know, they don't really have, have that, uh, that in them to be a, a, a business owner or a business, mm-hmm. a businessman or businesswoman. So a lot of the times, uh, you know, the label gives you that, that option. I mean, it gives you that, uh, you know, that kind of that opportunity. And then another thing with labels, um, you know, the, the, um, most of the times the, the, the situation of it all is already set up. So the publicist 
you know, you, you the publicist has those those connections mm-hmm. and for for those blogs and those websites and those things like that. And everything is kind of in order. So where an artist like myself would have to pay someone, you know, whatever, however much money a month to do that once you sign to a label, usually that label has that set up already and it's kind of part of what you got going on. Yeah. Yeah, no no I agree, man. It's it's um I said something uh a couple of weeks ago that it was just this this whole social media thing and just trying to you know really see who who's paying attention and, and see if i can get people to, to kind of wake up on some stuff but i was just saying like how you know labels feed off of hunger and desperation you know yeah, for and sure. you know the, the the hungry the more hungry you are and or i guess the hungrier you are and the more the more desperate you are you know, the smaller the number they'll throw at you. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, exactly. yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, man. Oh, this guy really needs a check. Well, here, here's, you know, here's 50 grand. Sign yeah, everything man. away, you know. And it's, yeah. it's amazing, man. Like, that's, that's I love having these conversations because I think people can learn from them, you know, number one. And, and on top of that, they can they can try to grow. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a strong and firm believer of learning from others' mistakes. You know what I mean? And... I think it can really, you know, kind of set the tone if, if people start to kind of wake up on a lot of things. You know, you don't need a deal um, necessarily. I mean, if anything, you need, you know, you may need some distribution to help get you into right, some places sure. that you can't get into. But as far as a deal itself, a record deal, man, you know, you just got to work I mean, harder. I mean, honestly, I think it, I think it boils down to what you want, what you want to be as an artist. If you, mm. know, if you know who and what you want to be as an artist, you know, if, if you if you if you want to be. You know, if you want to put yourself in the same category as a Drake, you know, or as a whomever, you know, then the, getting a record deal might be the uh, might be the way to go for you because it's um, you know that because you know it's, it's going to be super tough to do that on your own. Yeah, you know what I mean, all the all the all the money that goes into that, you know, that's going to be tough. But if you you know if you want to be an independent artist, if you don't if you're not looking to be that Drake type artist or that, you know. Uh, Look at look kind of look at Wiz Khalifa. You know what I mean. Wiz Khalifa started off independent, and um, you know even though you know the, the, the label he was with, it was it was set up independently. But you know to kind of take it to that next level, you know there's other things that you have to do if you yeah. want to go there. You know, <laughs> so and it's not and that's not always a bad thing. You know I don't I don't know the details of, of Wiz Khalifa's um, uh, situation, but it you know it appears to be that he's got a you know he's got a good thing going. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%, man. You know, I, I think yeah. it does, you know, boil down to what type of artist you want to be. And and I think, man, it, it's really that people just want to be popular, man. Like, you know, I hate yeah. to say it, but that's just what yeah. it is, you know. People want to be popular, and, and a lot of times, you know, artists that are that are is not as knowledgeable about the game equate popularity to, um, you know, success financially and it's not always the case you know what i mean like some of the most popular artists are you know they they're not necessarily saying they're struggling but it's, it's rough out here man you know people not selling records anymore you know that that's sure. you know how it goes but you know road man I, I i know what what you're doing in your catalog i do want to kind of get into your music right now and kind of talk about you know, what do you have going on in the works? Like I said, the, the record that I heard uh, was the, the Miracle record. And, and just, mm-hmm. you know, I heard what you did off that. And I know that you got some more stuff in the works. So kind of share that with us, you know, these upcoming projects and, and you know, the the game plan for you for like, you know, the next three to six months. 
Yeah, so um, what I got going on, what what you heard, that, that Miracle Record, um, I, I've been uh, doing, you know, kind of dropping freestyles in, in a couple songs that didn't make the album mm-hmm. that were, you know, they were good songs, but it just, it just didn't go in, with the flow and the, and, the, um, and the setup of how the album ended up turning out. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, I dropped those songs and then the, the, the free bars thing that I was doing, I did like two or three of the free bars, you know, the freestyle or whatever. That was it. It was dope because um, that's the first time that I've honestly been able to like do a song or, or write a verse, record to it, and it's out in the you know in a few days. Mm. You know what I mean? Like usually it's a thing where you know I'm working on these songs and you know it's it's six months have gone past and I've done this many songs and all. Oh, let's let's drop something. But it's like you know it's six months old. You know even with the album, like I've been working on this album for over a year. Uh, the album is the album is called IV Life, and all this is a, is a setup to uh, to to the album release. So it it was a thing where like uh, over the last few years, my focus has been more on on uh, you know doing shows, getting on these tours, and kind of getting out of here. And that's kind of pulled me back from uh, from actually um, you know from from making the actual music of it and the gotcha. album of it. And um, you know, and then I also have a, I have a store, a sneaker store called Burn Rubber Sneaker Boutique that I, you know, that I'm one of the owners of. Oh, dope, dope. So, man, you, so um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. So I was just saying, like, you know, I, IV Life is is the album that's coming up. Uh, it should be dropping like about probably like the first week of July. Okay. And uh, now, like all the, all the freestyles and all the stuff that's kind of been going. I mean, that's been um that I've been doing is is out. The last thing we dropped today was the video for Miracle. I just dropped it like literally a few hours ago. And uh, after this, from like, you know, starting probably in a few days to next week, everything is about IV life and, you know, the album that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Well, about a month. That's dope, man. That's dope. I, you're moving out here, man. You And you're moving, you're moving with a purpose. And, and it seems like you have a plan in place, which I think is one of the most important things that any artist of any, you know, caliber, any level in the game should, should definitely, uh, you know, think about having a proper plan. You know, um, sure. you you did mention having a sneaker boutique, man. Was this something that you put in the works prior, or was it something that happened um, as you you know progressed in your rap career? Uh, well, the um, I start I got the store. I was I was an MC, and I like I, I had a, an album out. My probably like my first album was out when uh, when we got the store. So I was I was like started DJing in like you know two thousand. Uh, by 2004, 2005, I was, uh, I think 2005 or six it was, I'm sorry, is my first product project came out. And then I I got the store in like 2007. Mm. So I was doing music and everything and it kind of presented itself. And, you know, you know, it was just an opportunity, a cool opportunity that I was able to grasp on. And, you know, we kind of, we, we, we made it, you know, made it a career and, you know, we, uh, We've done we've done sneaker projects. I've designed sneakers with Reebok and you know Fila, New Balance, and all this stuff, and gotten worldwide attention and, and you know things like that from the store. Um, you know, and I, but my my passion, of course, and what I'll always be doing is is uh, is, is music and rapping. So I just want to go on record and say that um, you might be one of the most hip hop um <laughs> uh interviews that we've had. So like only thing I'm asking you now, do you like do you do any graffiti? 
Graffiti? Yeah. Nah, nah. Any graffiti, any any b-boy and anything like that. Cause like, bro, you got the MC, you got the DJ, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You yeah. you pretty much you just, well the b-boy and you got the sneaker culture down. That's close enough, man. You you doing a little bit of everything. Exactly. No, I I I I've produced I've done I did some producing when I you know, when I first started, uh got when I like around oh four five, oh six I got a couple beats out there. But no, I never got into graffiti, man. I'm not the greatest uh the greatest artist, you know, in that in that aspect of things, and uh, you know, b-boying, I, I, I like it's certain things, man, that I, you know, people people do and people would devote their life to, and you know, if I if I do it a little bit, man, I don't even want to disrespect by yeah. saying that I, you know, I do, I do that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. I had to but throw I, that I out embody, there. I, I just try to embody embody everything. That is what I love, and that's that's the hip hop culture. Yeah, man, you 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 hip hop, bro. Don't don't let anybody ever tell you anything different. I mean, like <laughs> I'm I'm listening to your story, and I was like, man, I you know I thought I was for the culture, man. I gotta I gotta, I gotta step my game. <laughs> 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 it's all good, bro. But look, man, before we get out of here, man, like, what else, uh, else do you want to, you know, tell the people, man? You got this platform, man, and, you know, I, I'm loving the story, man, and I'm going to definitely follow the music. But what is it else, you know, what else do you want to tell the people? What else do you want them to know specifically from you? Man, I, you know, to be completely honest, man, I just want people to, to give give the music a chance. You know what I mean? Give, because uh, give, give, I, cause I rep- like you said, I represent. This is this is who I am and this is what I represent, man. And you know, I put I put all of my 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 money, time and energy into this, you know. So it's not like it's nothing it's nothing half ass, it's nothing half step. It's uh, I'm giving everybody, you know, even even though it's different businesses or different, you know, it's it's the sneaker business and it's the music business. Like I give a hundred percent to 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 sneakers and and, and selling sneakers, and then I give a hundred percent to music. You know what I mean? And um. You know, I just, I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a contender, man. You know, and I, I, uh, I'm, I, I've been on, I've been on tracks with the best of them, and stood, stood, you know, toe to toe with them, you know, and um, you know, I just, and 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 another thing that, you know, where I come from, is is uh, you you you, you can't you can't half step it. Mm-hmm. You know, I come from a place that has bred some of the greatest MCs on on to ever live. You know, from from the from the, uh, the 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 Eminem's to the Royce the Five Nine, you know, and, and producer Jay Dilla to, you know, the Danny Browns, the Black Milks, the One Belows, the like I can go I can go on and yeah, on. You in you good know? company, bro. Definitely in good yeah, company. Yeah, and I and I and you know for the most part, man, um, I've been you know I've I've been lucky I've been lucky and I've been able to um, to be to to be around those people, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and they kind of had mentor mentorship you know, situations with them where, you know, like I got on my new album, I got Royce, I got Royce on a new album. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denon Porter. Um, I, I had a, uh, I had a reality show with, uh, that from, but it was like for the store, okay. but it was kind of the, the focus was about, uh, about, uh, you know, with me, it was about, you know, kind of my music and what I bring to the table in that aspect. And that was, that was, it's a YouTube show called Detroit Rubber. And we did two seasons of it, and um, that's exa- it was exact. It's executive produced by uh, Paul Rosenberg and Eminem. Okay, dope. So dope. and it's through it's like through Shady Films. So if you go on YouTube and just and just search uh, Detroit Rubber, everything will pop up. That's dope, yeah. man. I definitely got to check yeah. that out. Um, bro, man, look, man, if you ever in Atlanta, definitely hit me up, man. Um, 
I, I think you can you you really you going in the right direction. You know what I mean? Just the um just just the vibe and, and the knowledge of the culture. It was something that I wanted to ask you, man. Early on in, in our um, conversation, you you mentioned being on tour with Slum Village and and, and Lupe. Um, yeah. For the audience, because I do have a lot of underground artists that that you know they're they're seeking advice on how to, you know, get on on those type of tours, man. Like, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, you know. The steps that they, I guess, that they can take to try to get, you know, added on to to um, those type of tours. Um, to be completely honest with you, man, with with any business, the, the one thing that I've learned is that, uh, all, you know, most business transactions, uh, if not all, are dealt on relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's putting yourself in a in the position to to be. You know, when those opportunities come, you know, somebody kind of thinks of you and somebody kind of, uh, you know, gives you gives you that opportunity, you know. Um, and then the way, the way you kind of think about it is, uh, you know, if you ever if you ever see somebody, you know, whether it's in basketball, whether, you know, whether I mean sports or whether any kind of situation, you you know, you kind of ask yourself, well, like, how was he kind of picked? How was he picked for that? And he's not as good as this guy. Mm. You know, and, and most of the time it's because, you know, it was his cousin yeah. that was do, was picking the people to do it, or it was his auntie, or it was his uncle, or whatever. And that's usually the situation. So, you know, and it's just it's just really, man, like that. Uh, you know, they had they had a, 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 a ongoing you know like relationship that goes back to Lupe's early early days, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he he reached out. And uh, at first, it was, the, the, it was crazy because the way that happened, uh, he reached out at the beginning of the tour. It was the te- it was the uh, the Tetsuo and Youth preview tour, so it was before way before the album came before out. Before the album, okay. Yeah, he's actually about to go back out, but um, it was way before the album came out. It was like oh, uh, early 2014 or late 2013 or whatever. And um, we tried to get on the tour early, like the beginning of the tour, and you know, you know, being you know who Lupe is and the people that surround him, it was they they weren't really back and everything. So I ended up being on the, the, the in Detroit. I ended, actually opened up for him, and I knew him before and everything. But he didn't put two and two together that I was like the guy that owns the store is the guy that raps. Okay, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Like he didn't put the two. Like he knew me for both, but he didn't put it. Management was was with him uh, before the show. Who was and, that? Now uh, you, you were breaking up, bro. Who you said who was with you? My, my my management. Okay. My, my management was was with him before the show, and uh, they were out eating, you know. And he was like, uh, "Man, um, we're probably gonna miss my artist, bro." I was trying to catch him because he's opening up for you tonight, and he was like, "Cause and we and it's crazy because we did an in store earlier that day, mm. and he was like, uh, "Man, you talking about this, the role from earlier? Like, dang, he rapped. Oh snap!" And then you know he's like, "Oh well, let's go. Like, forget this, forget this meal. I want to see him." Yeah. Then you know, on the way to the show, he was telling them like, "Yo, man, I tried to get him on the show on, on the tour earlier, but you know, thing, you know, we couldn't get in contact with you and everything." And he was like, "Man, yo, you know, next time call me directly. Like, don't call anybody else. Call me." And then when I was on stage, I was walking up on stage, and they walked in, and he saw my show. And after I got off stage, he was like, "Man, I wish I could have got you on the whole tour. Man, you killed it." Like at least can you can you try to finish the tour? It was like it was like eight or nine, eight to ten days left, I believe. Uh, days left, 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I got the plan together, got merch, got everything. and was on a plane in like two or three days out to, uh, to the East Coast. Man, that's dope, man. I, I, I love hearing those type of stories, man. It's, it's all about that. That uh, being prepared, you know what I mean. Being prepared when that yeah. opportunity comes, man. That's that. I think that's like the best way to close out the podcast, bro. Because like it don't get any better than that, man. So look, it's Jay Good is straight out the den, man. Tell people, uh, bro, man, how can you be reached? How can you um, people want to reach out to you about doing music? Uh, if they want to get your music, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, the best way to contact me is on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, it's the same tag. It's, it's at R Twitter so hey, give, give me that one more. Give me that one more time, bro. You were breaking up. It's, it's my Twitter and Instagram tag is at r o underscore spit. So r o underscore s p i t, and then uh, you can go to roastspit.com, dot all one word. Uh, and of course, you can even you know uh, YouTube, YouTube, and just search roastspit. You know, everything will pop up. Same thing in Google. And then uh, other than that, um, our web, the, the, the store's website, you know, I usually have all my information. If I got shows or anything going on, it'll be on the web store website, too. And that's uh, burnrubbersneakers.com. Dope, 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 man. Well, look, man, it's Jay Good is straight out the den, man. I, I appreciate you uh, talking with us, man. Uh, definitely a dope conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. If you guys are listening to this on SoundCloud, that's great. Um, we do appreciate it. Uh, however, I would love for you to subscribe on iTunes. It's a very simple process. You should see that button right there on the SoundCloud player. Just go ahead and click that and subscribe right now on iTunes. Uh, rate and review the podcast, man. If you like what you hear, let us know about it. Give us a, a nice review and give us five stars, man. We'll love to get that type of feedback from you. Um, you know, I, I always like to keep these things on a high note. So look, if you listen to this podcast, man, and you got a dream, man, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. And with that being said, I'm Jay Good, a Straight Out the Den podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Straight Out the Den. We out, man. Roast spit. All right, 100. <laughs> spit. <laughs> All good.